welcome to another episode of Game Till 5. I'm super excited that we have reached number two, which sounds ridiculous and not that impressive at all, but I'm excited. Um, my name is Steph, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, as ever, Nikki. How are you doing, Hello. Nikki? I'm very well. How are you? Wonderful. I am all good. Episode two. That's exciting. I'm very excited. You sound it. <laughs> But um, yeah, so how has your week been, Nikki? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Not too yeah. bad. I'm very excited by the fact that the first episode came out today. Yes. Uh, if you found us on Twitter at GameTill5, we're also now on um, GotTill5's website at GotTill5.com forward slash GameTill5, which is pretty exciting. There's a web page that I didn't make Max mind. So oh, look at them doing all the shiny things. Right. Yep. We don't have to do anything. Just sit back and, I didn't say look pretty, but I suppose we could sound pretty. Yeah, more <laughs> sounding. And you can imagine by our dulcet tones. <laughs> don't do not do that. That's just creepy and weird. Um, <laughs> what, what have you been doing uh, this week, Nikki? Um, I'd love to say that I was doing exciting things, but I've not been really. So. <laughs> no, just playing, playing Fallout, I would assume. Fallout 76. But let's that, not let's not get into that. Oh, that is a conversation for another time and another top five. Bad times in the wasteland. I feel maybe not the top five. The opposite of the five. Yeah, spoilers. Mm. It won't Ooh. be in my top fives <laughs> ever again. <laughs> How was your week? Um, yeah, it was good. Again, same. I'd like to say I was doing very exciting things like bungee jumping, but I was not. I was uh, doing work. You know, at the job, the nine till five job. Job, yeah, yeah, job. I'm playing a lot of Spyro, which um oh, yes. is good. Will be in top fives. Oh, already has been. Yeah, it should see already. Spyro the racist. Yeah, we all know and love. Or the no, my known as Pete. Um, just just so we know, I don't condone racism, even when it comes from Spyro, and neither does Steph. No, of course not. We don't contain any discrimination of any kind on this particular podcast. <laughs> Talking of which particular podcast, I haven't even explained to any listeners what we are doing here. Um, if you haven't listened to our previous episode, we talk about our top five favourite game-related things. So anything gaming, we're going to come up with weird or fun or really boring top fives. Um about games for you to listen to and we're going to discuss why we like them there's going to be some fun facts again because i liked the facts the facts were fun even more facts this time around because i'm prepared this time you're not going to be googling them as i'm speaking no i'm going to listen to you this time wonderful i'm excited i'm excited to hear your responses (laughs) um yeah just prepared to be overloaded by facts you're gonna you're gonna regret it basically we're gonna yeah i was gonna make a fact drop Yes. And then I realised how fucking annoying that's going to be. <laughs> it would be every two seconds. I got another fact. And another fact. Bam. Bam. All the facts. Facts in your face. So many facts are coming out your face holes. Yeah. That should just be the fact drop, I think. Just facts coming out your fact, fact holes. Yeah, that's the one. Let's just use your voice and just do that one. All right. I'll um make a clip of it next week and overlay everything. <laughs> um talking of which we uh we have need to decide or i say we need to decide i've made one for if we have a crossover because i'm slightly worried this week because we're doing our top five playstation one games i think you and me similar tastes in that era although i have made it my 
my list slightly yeah. skewed into the fence of I hoped you wouldn't look at these ones, but I personally like them. Um, but I have made a drop for that, and so if you hear this sound... Oh! Thank you! That beetle noise uh, means that we've had a crossover. So oh, that's, that's incredible. That's literally, like, very funny today. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just have beetle audio noises throughout my day normally... My life would just be so much better. It would be exci- more exciting, I think, to have so just many Just imagine, en- noises. you know, entering a shop and just being greeted by Beatles, hello, or leaving and just, you know. Welcome. That yeah. would just, life would be so much better. I'd buy all the things. Like every day I'd buy a new thing just, just to hear it. Just to get myself some happiness. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, we hear a lot of Beetle if we have crossovers. So with all our discussion about Beetle out of the way, our Lord and Saviour, um, <laughs> we are so our top five this week is going to be on PlayStation One games. It's our favourite five each uh, PlayStation One games from you know back in the PlayStation One era. Uh, yeah. PlayStation One was my first owned console myself. I think. How about you? Okay um no so luckily like when i was younger we had a lot of consoles i think we like inherited them a lot from my uncle and and stuff so i think mine was actually probably the master system but the playstation one was definitely like a pivotal one i think for me because that was when i was just about getting old enough to kind of be able to play more like complex games i guess yeah so it was it was definitely uh yeah yeah because i played games before that um because obviously you had the pc anyway that i played a lot of my first games on but then yeah um, I think before that, I played a lot of console games, but anything I played, I played it like round my cousin's house um, and probably didn't quite get. So yeah, like the same for me where it was like that pivotal, I kind of get what's going on. I can play it by myself now. Yeah. So I'm kind of excited, except this was really goddamn hard to pick. It really was. Yeah. I kept on having, I had too many to begin with, and then I kept on moving all around the different orders that I wanted it to be in and yeah, all that jazz. Um, so yeah, really I did something that I didn't want to do and I'll explain it when we get to it but it's just you think that this one would be easy to an extent because yeah. I, don't, I don't know why I thought it would be easy and then like compiling everything I've, I've got I've got some backups but the annoying thing is is I want the backups to be in the top five but yes you know system says that we're not allowed to do that so yeah so that's my thing so i think um probably from from now on episodes and stuff we're going to do our honorable net mentions at the end of like games that didn't yeah. quite make it into our top fives but probably should have for many reasons or you know just need just need talking about because i've got one that yeah. needs talking about well not in my top, I, so i do think that we're gonna have crossovers here so i'm yeah. hoping i'm not hoping for crossovers because if we do crossovers i think it would be good to talk about like you might have your facts that i don't have um yeah but I'm kind of hoping that because then I'm like, if you do that, then I can get my backups right in there. And I don't know. We'll see. We'll mm. see. We'll all see. <laughs> and in that case, I'm going to play the the tune, the top five tune, and let's get this thing going. Whoop, whoop. What are you buying? How about a game of lucky hit? A three-headed monkey. Oh, let's go. wonderful okay so now we're gonna get old i know it's the leon france trueblaze that really makes everything in this world um i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna say you can go first this week because i went first last week 
Okay. Well, I'm gonna mix this shit up. So my number five. Yes. I have chosen. Drum roll. Yeah, drum roll, please. Is Crash Bandicoot. Oh. I feel. I feel is everyone would say Crash Bandicoot. Like I do believe, obviously, Crash Bandicoot was one of the most popular games on the PlayStation One. But I just he had to be in there for me. Yeah. Because. Like, I, I didn't play one as much, but I did have it. I mean, we rented it, actually, when that came out. Um, I just loved it. It was just awesome. Um, yeah. And I think two and three were my favorites. And, yeah, I just love that that little bandicoot. That little bandicoot with his little denim shorts. He was topless. Did you have him in your top five? <laughs> I did have not. I taken- no. He, um, he didn't even make it to my backups, actually. I It's not that I don't <laughs> like Crash. I love Crash. I love the Crash games. Um, I couldn't decide which Crash game to go for because I've kind of gone with, like, specific uh, kind of games of those things. And I was, like, between two and three. Like, the first one was great, but I think I played more of, like, two and three. And I think yeah, I attached those more because you got to ride all the tiny animals, which yes. sounds ridiculous, but it was great fun. And, um, yeah, I did love them, though. I think I, I remember buying them and having to go to, like, the post office to pick them up. It's a weird, vivid memory that I have. Yeah, well, it's like it's like Blockbusters. I remember when we got the first Crash Manicure, it was, like, went to Blockbusters, like, rented it. We're like, right, you've got, like, three days to play this game or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to not do everything and, like, yeah. get your fill in those 72 hours of just eye-bleeding yeah. amounts of gaming. But my favourite level, for sure, I think, with Crash Bandicoot, um, the one that it's, I mean, it's to do with riding animals, obviously. I think my favourite was the one where you play as Coco and you ride the tiger in China. I don't know if you remember that one on the Great Wall. Yes, that was exactly what I was thinking when I was saying ride the animals yeah. is the Or the tiger. polar bear one. Yes, I remember the polar bear one. Because you also had one where you ran towards the camera on the polar bear, right? Because you had, were chasing by a bigger polar uh, bear? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I just, it was just, I think it was just such great games. And they were just so nostalgic for me as well. And I, I would like, spend a lot of time playing with like my cousins, like my brother and sister. And I just, I just think with Crash Bandicoot, it was just, you know, it was just always great. which was just always a fun time, even though it was ridiculously hard a lot of the time frustratingly so yeah um it was it was just fun it was just yeah awesome and i do have some facts oh fact time i i found a lot of facts for crash actually so this is this is the overload i'm not gonna go too overboard but um take a giant breath (laughs) here they all come you know when it comes to i mean this is you know relevant to the last podcast um names so crash bandicoot was almost nearly Willie the Wombat. Willie the Wombat. <laughs> Another great name change. Right. Although, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, a wombat. I mean, everybody loves wombats. I'm slightly disappointed that there wasn't a Willie the Wombat. But at the same time, I don't know <laughs> how that would have worked. Because I love wombats. They're adorable. But I just don't think they're very practical. They're not the most <laughs> agile creatures. No. Really. They're um, quite fat and slow. And they've got... Yeah. hard butts and pooping squares yeah <laughs> but a different world that would have been the same world as it would have had Pete the dragon and Lara Cruz yeah I like thinking about all these weird unused video game characters yeah. just in the discarded piles of earth just making some yeah. weird game being really bitter about the fact that they almost made it <laughs> you know someone's crying at night because Willy the Wombat never became a star it was my dream to make Willie the Wombat. And they took it away. Took it um, all away. <laughs> and then later in time, it seems that the publisher insisted that the character should remain a wombat um, and be renamed Wuzzle to appear cute <laughs> younger audiences. Uh, Naughty Dog opposed this idea. So, um, and also like threatened to, to leave the game. 
because they like <laughs> refuse to call him Wuzzle. Um, which fair enough, Naughty Dog. Yeah, I I think that's a wise move by Naughty Dog there, not having a name for Wuzzle. I think everyone just likes to make him cute, or you know, make characters cute. Whereas I think Crash was like kind of weird looking, but you know, I'm down with that. He's not something you describe as cute. Um, no, his weird, like ADHD face. Yeah. Um, which there was a reason actually. I remember. Um, I don't think I actually put some effects, but I remember reading this is that um he didn't actually have a neck because of the like graphic limitations. Because to have him like make good facial expressions, they had to give him a bigger neck so that his face was like big enough. Like because if his face was quite small and like pointed, then he wouldn't have been able to make the facial expressions that he made in the game because there just wasn't like a canvas big enough for it. Yeah. So fun for you there. That isn't a good fact. I know, my favourite fact there about Crash Bandicoot, which is, again is going on his appearance, poor guy. So many, <laughs> so much judgement on this poor it, poor Bandicoot's it appearance. It turns out that Crash was too ugly for Japan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> poor Crash Bandicoot, he must have so many fucking like, issues I with know. his self-image. So, so um, many years in therapy from that Japan. Um. So... When Crash Crash Bandicoot, like you know, headed to Japan, um, he they they wanted to make him more appealing. Japan. Sorry, so I'm they... just <laughs> I'm picturing him like I'm gonna go and see if I can make it in Japan, guys. Yeah, sorry. And then getting there, I don't mean... and then just them being like, no, <laughs> you're too ugly. You must leave. Get out of my country. I don't mean that he literally got on a plane because doesn't actually exist sorry break the news How dare i just you. mean <laughs> dare you ruin when... my childish whimsical <laughs> mind when he you know the game was out in japan or they were at least planning for a release in japan um they decided to make him more appealing for japanese gamers so they actually like give him like massive eyes less you know smaller eyebrows because his eyebrows were um pretty pretty big um and he looks like he basically looks like more anime i suppose you'd say it mm. um and apparently it resonated very well and he did he did really well but um oh. do google japanese crush bandicoot because it's interesting to look at for sure I'm, I'm, yeah i'm gonna do this because i need to see what he, he's adorable. the approved version of crash looks like the the plastic surgery version of yeah i don't i don't know why like i kind of get why they did it but at the same time you know, I'm sure Japan would have would have loved him either way, but you know, it's to their own aspects. But he does look cute, admittedly. It's like a cute little anime version of Crash Bandicoot, and yeah. nice. So I do have. I mean, I'm, this is what I mean. I overload on on the facts. Here. More facts. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you one more because this one made me laugh, and I think this is the most factual game actually. The most in, just because they're so good. Like the facts I found were just interesting. Yeah. Um, no, you carry on with your facts. Basically, what made me laugh when I found this was is um, when they were designing Crash Bandicoot, they wanted to obviously put it from like behind. So with a lot of the time, they had the Sonic, so it was all platforms, so it was all from the side. Um, and they were doing a lot of research on what a game like that would look like from behind. Because I guess it was quite innovative at the time to do that. Um, yeah. So they said that because the players spent a majority of the time looking at what, well, for example, Sonic's backside, um, the working title at a point in time for Crash Bandicoot was Sonic's ass game. <laughs> and I was like, I read that and I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, that can't be true. But the more I sort of looked into Crash Bandicoot backs, apparently 
it was actually true that that is what they called the working title was Sonic's Atom because they spent so much time looking, imagining Sonic from behind. That's amazing. <laughs> so I just could picture an entire dev team just being like, come on, guys, we need to think about what Sonic's <laughs> butt looks like. It's our only goal of this game. And before they actually obviously had a title, it was just like, come on, guys, let's, let's get back to work on Sonic's ass game. Someone would have been like, what? What are you working on? Sonic's ass game. There would be so many different uh, visions of what that game would oh, yeah. now look like. I know. I don't even want to think about it, really. That's um. Oh god. <laughs> Sorry, that's the end to my top five. <laughs> With a horrible image of Sonic's <laughs> naked ass, just or crashes. Depends what you prefer, I suppose. Oh, it's true. I don't know. A hedgehog would be spikier. Crash is technically in short, so slightly more modest, I guess. I'm gonna go for Japanese Crash. Oh controversial <laughs> anyway yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna answer you'll never know you'll never know my preference <laughs> let's move on from butts we didn't need to get into butts at this early in the podcast it's true we didn't mean to get onto that does that mean it's uh it's my turn it is your turn what's your number five so talking of butts no um <laughs> my number five is worms armageddon <gasps> didn't even think of worms how did you not even think of worms (laughs) worms was great especially worms armageddon yeah i loved playing worms worms was the original party lols game for me and my cousins and other friends that i'm pretending that i'm gonna have right now and yeah you just would get together and blow each other up in your tiny little worm things but just it was really funny game because of all the voices you could have and all the weird explosiony things there was a holy grail from my python reference in there which instantly wins points just for hilarity <laughs> but yeah it was just a really fun game i just remember spending a really long time whenever playing worms even by myself of like laughing hysterically i think i one point with one of my cousins or something like that stacked up all the worms like all of my team and all of his team we kind of called a truce and then would just set off like a holy hand grenade or whatever the biggest bomb we had in that game was underneath all the worms just to send them flying just for fun it was a little bit uh psychotic now i now i'm saying it out loud to uh to people but at the same time yeah, it, a little bit. it was just it was great fun abusing these worms <laughs> Is what I'm trying to say. I, I think that's a really good pick. And I don't know how I forgot about Worms. Um, I'm slightly disappointed. I think it's because I remembered it quite a lot on the Mega Drive. Because I had it the first one on that. Yeah. And I forgot that it obviously was on the PS1 as well. But yeah, good good choice. Thank I you. Know. Yeah, so I went with that well, one. I'm glad it's Yeah, because I know that Worms Armageddon is on other things as well. I think I've even got it on uh, N64, actually. Yeah. Currently, but... It was just, it was one of the ones I remember playing quite vividly on PlayStation 1 quite a lot. Yeah, especially with, like, cousins and that kind of thing and people over and just, like, blowing up. And actually, even today, like, it came up, I think you could buy it on the PlayStation 3 a little while ago. And, like, playing it with a bunch of people and friends and stuff and still, like, getting really into it. It just brings out the worst in people. Well, I was about to say, like, Worms is great, but Jesus, it probably has destroyed many families and friends. <laughs> it really, it almost did. I remember one of, um, actually, Max and Jesse were in this tournament. Uh, we keep bringing these guys up. They're uh, our sister podcast. I'm going to call them sisters now. Yeah. They're our sister podcast. I mean, and Yeah. Um, I live with them and we had a tournament and I beat Jesse and he will swear blindly that I never did. And... That was great. I think we used we got all got into really good at ninja roping, 
we could ninja rope the shit out of a level it was amazing and our one of our housemates uh threatened to stand over max's bed with a knife because he enraged her that much by playing worms and just rubbing it in her face and it was just pure joy but also pure terror as we all just turned slowly on each other uh, during this horrible, horrible Worms tournament. And now I'm reliving it. I don't know why I've decided it's one of my favourite games. To be fair, I don't want to play Worms with Max either. Yeah. So No one would. I don't really want to play, I don't really want to play Worms with, with anyone. No. It's, it's still like I would become a monster. And some have seen it. And it's not pretty. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's worms. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's <laughs> worms is you play it with your friends and it um it just feels like really like you love it at the same time you're all just yelling at each other about like, Don't blow me up and trying to form alliances with like other people and it's not working and yeah. It's just yeah. great for that. One of my one of my favourite parts I think of worms was naming the worms. Like I would spend hours just creating like my teams of worms and naming them like great names no one ever even saw these teams that i'd named so greatly but i had great joy in doing it <laughs> i don't know why but that one time that like someone comes around and you're like look how funny my worms names are and they're just like not bothered but still. <laughs> you're like just glaring at them i spent hours looking at these goddamn worms <laughs> names you will give me a laugh or at least a polite smile um yeah no i remember doing the same thing of just and knit the voices like i remember picking the funnier voices and finding them really oh, yeah. really funny no one else found them as funny as i did but i loved those voices yeah great. yeah oh fact time because i also can provide a fact or two not as many as crash facts um and a little bit less uh hilarity just interesting facts uh one of them not so interesting might be more interesting to newer worms players if you've played worms uh wmd which is the newest worms i think it was free on playstation plus a little while ago it was apparently based a lot of the stuff in that and like even the source code of how they built it was based on worms armageddon because so many people tell team 17 who make it just how much they enjoy worms and that worms armageddon is their favorite game in the Worms series, oh. like constantly, Worms Armageddon is like always ranked top because it is. It's great, and uh, Worms MD is not as great. I miss actual Worms Armageddon, but um, it's yeah, it's still a good one. Yeah. Um, but Worms Armageddon was not even supposed to be its own game. This is my other fact. It was originally supposed to be just an expansion for Worms Two called Wormageddon. So a weird naming, oh. alternative <laughs> naming, which not a bad alternative name, Wormageddon. I quite like it. Yeah, it it's got a ring to kind it. of works. It's one of the more successful authored name and things yes. that we've we've heard yeah. uh, in the podcast. But it, um, yeah, they were. I think they were like, we're on to a winner here, guys. We're just gonna we're just gonna release it uh, as yeah, its own entity. Yeah, I'm glad they did because it, it's just a great game. And I think you can still buy it now on Steam um, if you so wish. I'm not selling it. I swear. I just <laughs> it's a good game. <laughs> But if they want to give us royalties, feel free. Yeah. Um, but yes, good choice. Thanks. I'm liking the worms. Yeah, that was my good short but sweet worms. Loved there. That's okay. I overloaded us at first with loads of facts for my first one, but I don't have that many facts for the other ones. So don't worry, we're not going to be here for like three days. Great. <laughs> right. So are we on to my next one? Yeah, go for number four. My number four. Ooh, message, okay. message for Nikki. Popular. Oh no, can you hear yeah. that? I'm sorry. <laughs> It's actually not a message. It's a um, it's a news article apparently saying that all James Bond films are twenty four pounds on Amazon. <laughs> Just so you know, such cutting news you're getting straight to your phone, Nikki. No, 
<laughs> Nothing about any crises happening over the world, global warming. No, no, Nikki wants to know about James Bond. I'm not even that big into James Bond. I don't know what my phone is up to. Um, Clearly, you've looked too long at anyway. a picture of Daniel Craig, and they're like, she likes it. We must give her more. It's actually Pierce, Pierce Brosnan for me. Oh, no, um, I agree with you. I'm a, I'm a big Pierce Brosnan Bond fan. Anyway, we're going off on one now. <laughs> Damn you, James Bond. Steer, steer us back, Nikki. Steer us back into familiar territory. My number four is Resident Evil 2. Nice. I thought you were going to go for Resident Evil. Yeah. So Resident Evil was, for me, growing up, I think, especially when we recently got the PlayStation 1, I remember being like one of the first games I was properly like playing by myself. Terrible idea when you're a child. I was going to say, terrifying. I play with my brother as well, but and we did sort of play it as a family as well at Christmas, which is, again, probably sounds weird to some people, but that was what we did and i loved it it was amazing and resident evil 1 i did play but i think that was much more difficult i found whereas resident evil 2 just you know the graphics were a little bit better and yeah i just i don't know i just need to pick that one up and i i, I seemed to manage to actually function and play it um, myself and it was just it was just awesome um and i just have quite a big love for that game i think especially when i think back to like certain like parts of it and how like scary it was but scary in a good way i think and i just remember like just certain things about the game and i guess like a lot of the old resident evils is things like the noises um the sounds of like the doors opening like the footsteps like the music like yeah i just have a lot of love for it that i just i had to put it in my top five i just thought yeah it was just the storyline was awesome as well the characters just good game good all-round game yeah um resident evil is definitely something i missed uh as a kid, because I was just too scared to play them. I was just such a massive wimp. Oh, really? I was a huge wimp when it came to video games. Um, so I didn't play anything scary. I still am quite a big wimp when it comes to like horror video games. Yeah. Like anything slightly scary in video games, I'm like, I can't deal with it. So you have way bigger balls than I do, yeah, Nikki. But um, well, I, yeah, yeah. I think it was easier because my my brother used to play a lot, and my dad did as well. And I remember like I would often just sit on the sidelines. And we did, because I think we played one all together. But then I think when it came to two, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my big white pants on, or big girl pants on, and uh, and just do this. And I remember I just sat down with it once, and I was just like, and I traumatized myself. But it was fun, so. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, all the more power to you for playing it. Because I regret not doing them, because um, I feel like I've missed out slightly. I've tried to get into some of the later ones, and the later ones haven't obviously been as good. Oh, and no. I really should go back and try them more. Um, well, just had the time. I we got the remake coming out, so that's topical. Yeah, so you can always play the recipe for the remake. See, I'm sure I will attempt to play it before just screaming and dropping my controller. Although I do, which one we played one not that long ago, didn't we? Was it Res- I'm pretty sure Resident we Evil? played a Resident Evil uh, in your bedroom. And uh, oh yes, that was like Resident Evil. Five or four? I'm not sure, but I know it had Leon in it, but I can't. Remember. It was for the, it was on a GameCube. Yes. Um, can't remember what one that was. Other people probably. I mean, I I really was kind of just a big fan of one and two, but I'm sure other people probably know what what I'm referring to. But yeah, we played that one a bit of it, and um, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it was a wonderful time. Um, we entered a uh, a shack. Uh, thinking to get safe because we were like, Shaq, that's going to be safe here. We've just come from a really scary place. Uh, little did we know that there was a zombie inside the Shaq who jumped out at us and Nikki, who was playing the game at the time, <laughs> screamed, dropped the controller and launched herself into my arms. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. It was you were sat behind me. Yeah, I was sat that's what I mean. I dropped the controller and lunged backwards, <laughs> jump into your arm. This is another way I remember it. But I did jump on yeah, you. Well, so I was probably, you probably thought I was a zombie at that point. In time. Oh, I was just as scared, if not scareder than you. I'm not claiming that I was not scared. It was just the dropping of the controller, turning around <laughs> and launching yourself at me for safety. Yeah, that probably was quite scary, actually, from your perspective. Yeah, not only had I just seen a zombie in a lovely safe shack that I thought I was going into, but I also had you coming towards my face. <laughs> So that's what I remember from anyway, Resident Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki wants to move swiftly on. Yeah. Fact. What's the fact? So, good name changes. Originally, Resident <laughs> Evil was called Biohazard. Oh, is that why the number seven is called Biohazard? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't really thought that far ahead, but <laughs> sorry, that was the original name. <laughs> that's okay. That was the original name, but they changed it because there was like a lot named that at that point. I was writing like a rock band called that, and there was like another game in development called that. So... They decided to go with Resident Evil because the first one was based in a mansion, so it was like Resident Evil. So yeah. think about you know which one you would have preferred in regards to the meaning behind them. <laughs> um, I thought Resident Evil was quite a cool name, but then when I heard how it was come about, I was kind of like, that's just like being like House Evil. Hello, maybe laugh. But, oh, yeah, um, I guess I guess there's some, <laughs> at least some logic behind it. But you're right, Resident Evil is yeah. quite a cool name. Slightly less cool now. I know it was just like there are some evil residents. Let's call it evil residents. No, that's too obvious. Just switch them and it'll be fine. Yeah, I just picture a like kind of a eureka whiteboard moment where someone's written like there are evil residents. We're trying to come up with this name and they just like write it backwards and everyone just loses their shit. Like, oh god, we've got <laughs> the best name ever. <laughs> yeah, agree. Um, so another. I don't have too many for this one, but um, I did find out that some enemies from the scrap game, because basically there was at one point they had sort of like a whole different game. It was, you know, it was a few different characters and things like that, but there were enemies from this game that didn't actually get put in the, in the you know, final yep. one. Um, and these included zombie gorillas, which was epic, nice. man spiders, which is just intriguing, <laughs> and uh, another, apparently a, a boss monster with the face of Albert Wesker on its tail, which is less exciting than zombie gorillas and man spiders they do like man <laughs> man spiders is definitely an intriguing term what part has eight legs yeah i know we'll never know no. unless there's some concept art out there which i'd love to see but um i liked zombie gorillas as well but i don't understand in which context how there would be zombie gorillas like i mean i guess maybe there was a zoo because they were in kind of like a you know like a town maybe the gorillas got bit and they were zombies but it just seemed really random like you're just like walking through the police station it's like oh shit zombie gorillas like no one's gonna yeah no one's gonna question it's just, <laughs> i like that zombies are an acceptable thing but the moment you start adding gorillas to it nikki's like no this this plot has lost all its integrity <laughs> i cannot believe it at all how did these gorillas get here why are they not in their native lands yeah i think the rest of the game i just spend trying to figure out why there's zombie gorillas um, whilst getting attacked by man spiders. <laughs> man spiders totally the worst kind of spiders. <laughs> and lastly, my, my last, the fact last fact is The Shining had a big influence over the Resident Evil games, apparently. Oh, yeah. There's lots of like Easter eggs in a lot of them, um, which you can kind of see now, especially when you look back to the first one, that the fact that The Shining would like, you know, have an impact because especially with the mansion and things. But in two, apparently, um, they had uh, the words like red rum scrolled over one of the walls. So I thought that was a cool little Easter egg. Um, and I like the fact that. 
was influenced because apparently a lot of um, Resident Evil, I think mostly in the beginning, was um, like architecture was influenced by English and European architecture because the developers thought that they were like the scariest. I think the developers were Japanese. I think that makes sense. Cause yeah. They apparently like they would when they visited like um, England and Europe and stuff, they decided that our architecture is terrifying. That's why it got based on a lot. It is pretty, like, terrifying. Um, It's Capcom, by the way. It's just Capcom. Uh, yeah. It's actually Japan, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was quite cool. Um, That is quite a nice one. It's quite an interesting one, for sure. Yeah, so that's my number four. And, yeah, I'm quite happy with that one, I think. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're happy with your work there? I'm happy with my number four. I believe the Resident Evil 2 was a very good game. Yeah. I think you will find a lot of people to uh, agree with you, considering it's getting the remake and it's raved about. Like I said, it's a it's a grave error on my part that I have never played it. Um, Shame, really. Shame on you. But it's okay. I think I have a feeling I can't remember exactly, but I feel like as um they're going to do a few things with the with the remake where they um like include some of like the old sort of nostalgic things within them. Like maybe you can switch like the audio on the music so it will play from like the old game because that was one of my favorite things. Was the, it was like the audio and like hearing music and stuff but um i'm looking forward to it i'm a bit nervous about it though because i'm just worried that it's not going to be i don't know i guess i'm sort of looking for like a a nice jug of nostalgia when i play it and hoping that it does kind of like provide that but we'll yeah. see um but yeah, yeah hopefully so. it doesn't overcast. it's always a, a risk with remakes right because you're like i i love my nostalgia to it and i kind of want it to capture that but also i kind of it's fun to see it yeah, like I'd like it to be a bit of shiny. Mm. Yeah, bit of both. Yeah, so. I, I really want with remakes now what they did in like Halo when they remade the Halo. We always talk about it. Um, of having oh, the ability to look at what a level looked like before they HD'd it, like being like switching yeah. back. It's very difficult to do on like different games yeah. that haven't just reskinned it. But yeah, it would be great fun to just be like, this is how terrible this room looked. Because sometimes I think you always think like oh, this is just close to how this looked. This is how I remember it looking. And then you actually like see a screenshot for it. And you're like, this is nothing how I remember it. There's just yeah. blocks and colour. I trust him. I'm hoping that it's good. So fingers yeah. crossed. But yeah, that's my number four. That's a good and exciting number four. Thanks. So my number four is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Nice. I never expected any of your choices and I'm enjoying it. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm giving you unexpected. <laughs> but um, yeah. is that more James Bond offers? No, I'm not sure what that was. It still just has James Bond on there. It won't let me forget. Okay, good. So Tony Hawk is, again, one of those games that I remember playing quite a lot of, um, but not ever really being uh, much of a sports game fan or any of the other pro skaters or any of the skate games I didn't, I haven't really played since. But Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 always has like a special place in my heart. Um, I think mostly because of the soundtrack was just awesome. And I think one of the reasons I'm into most of the music I am is from listening to that soundtrack, like, on repeat, feeling really cool as I skated around <laughs> on my fake skateboard uh, that I can't skateboard on at all in real life. But yeah, it was just really fun. Um, it's still, like, one of the highest rated games ever, uh, if not the highly rated sports game. Like, still today, it was such a well-received game. 
Um, and it with good reason because it was just really, really fun. Like I remember playing so much of like the career mode of like doing all the weird objectives. Especially, I always remember the first level of being in the school, mostly because I think I wasn't very good. So the school was probably where I spent most of my time <laughs> being in the first level. Um, yeah, and like riding, you did like get all the bells off the walls by doing wall rides and. Um, I think like collecting the word skate was always one of them and like loads of stuff. But yeah, I just really enjoyed that. And I'm pretty sure I played, I remember I played as Bob Burnquest pretty much the whole time. I don't remember playing <laughs> as anybody else, just Bob yeah. with his cool hat. Uh, I think mostly because he was the best and me and my cousin would fight over who got to be Bob because I think he had the best stats and we were like, he's the fastest. And I'd always lose if I played against anybody, but I had like the best time just yeah. being a cool skater person. It was an awesome one. I actually, it's hard for me to differentiate between a few of them, but I remember I did play them and I can't remember too that well, but the school does ring a bell to me, but I just remember the Tony Hawk games just being so fun and the music and the soundtrack. Yeah, it was was epic. So yeah, I'm glad you picked that one actually, because I I really want to play them now. (laughs) You said it, I'm just like, ah, because I I didn't really like sports games either, but that was definitely like that and like probably like a, you know, like SSX Tricky or something like snowboarding. Like Stable 97 was always really fun and I, I did spend a lot of time on Tony Hawk's a lot of the time probably just flailing around and failing and falling on my face but yeah you know if you've got some cool music in the background then who cares well I think that's the yeah. point like they were fun even to like small kids who didn't really know what they were doing and didn't quite know how to do things or would just do like the same moves like three times in a row because yeah. that's you know but it was still a like really fun game and i think it was the first one in my like little researchy thing that i remember trying to re- jog my memory about stuff so not really a fact but it reminded me about the fact that there were hidden areas in the game so again go back to my favorite school um one you could like unlock the pool area so it was like a oh, drained out pool and yeah you ended up getting like a proper um like bowl pipe uh, thing in there that you could go around and do all the really good tricks on because I think the rest of the school was like mostly grinding rails and like mm. that kind of thing but yeah like all the little hidden things you could do if you just played it for long enough and like found stuff um and I think it was like just before the time of really we could just research walkthroughs like most of these games were in that area where you didn't really look up that many walkthroughs because it would take ages to find them they were all these really long text files if you ever did find them and you have to print them all out because you couldn't like keep running back and forth to the computer every two seconds when you wanted to do stuff. So it was more of like just constantly exploring and trying to find all of these really like fun and silly things. I think that was one of the most amazing things about those games actually because a lot of it, I think I remember three as well, like, it was a lot of exploring. Like it wasn't just like a skateboarding game in the way that you just, you know, skate around and you do like you literally on just like a half pipe or something. Like the the maps and stuff were like, you could explore. Like you'd be on a skateboard, but like you'd still be exploring. And I think that I think that's one thing that I loved about it because it just had like it gave like the game like more depth, I yeah. suppose. Because you could just explore and find cool things and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that game. Yeah, it was great. Um so my couple of facts that I managed to find, because everyone loves a fact, uh, even when you've heard like fifty of them from us already, um, was that you <laughs> I didn't realize you could get it on like um like the iPhone and stuff until like 2014 they brought it out. Um it's now not on there anymore, but the fact that you could still play that game in 2014 just kind of blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. 
Sorry, guys. Sorry, we're not in 2014. I know. So sad. <laughs> to go back to a better time. It's not like I could just, Steph, you know. Steph teases you with Tony Hawk. You know, it, it was on the phone. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so cruel. We would get so excited to check all their phones. Like, Tony Hawk's on your phone? Holy, oh, yeah. I forget the year is not 2014 anymore. I know. I'm, I'm stuck. Don't worry. Yeah. But yeah, so that was a that was a less good fact now that you've brought me down on that one. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I'm not here to destroy facts. <laughs> Only to bring them. No. Um, My other fact, which I think is a better fact, to be fair is that the hangar level, which is, the again, the only, like the second level that I can remember on this, when you're in like a aircraft hangar, and you could, one of the secret areas in that actually was that you could open a helicopter bit. Do you remember if you skated, like, if you ground along the uh, top of the helicopter in different directions, you could unlock the little hangar and some would fly off, and again, it was a big half-pipe area. Um, but that area was just called hangar, but it was also like whenever you had like the level location. So it was like school, California. The hangar is in Mullet Falls, Montana, which is uh, a joke on the president of Neversoft who made the game. Um, he had a mullet hairstyle during the whole of the game's development and he's from Great Falls, Montana. So they put it all together and made Mullet Falls, Montana, which I think is a nice one and quite funny Aww, because... That is funny. You know, thinking of a man... Because the game came out in 2000. I don't think 2000 was the year of the mullets, if I can remember. So he no. he was rocking a hairstyle quite proudly, clearly. Go him. Yeah. Power to Joel Jewett. Power to anyone that wants to rock a mullet after the 1990s, really. Right. I wish now I could have one without being shunned by members of society. No one knows that you wouldn't. It's true. I could have a mullet right now. <laughs> and no one would know. Oh, I wish you did. <laughs> just boring old hair now <laughs> well that was a good that was a good one either way yeah it was a fun one I thought take us down memory lane for uh, yeah. that and uh, my love of melancholy comes from that game <laughs> awesome yeah so we're on to number three we are we are speeding flying through so my number three is which I know you won't have because you didn't put your big girl pants on like mm. I did I think I can know what this one is. Silent Hill? Oh, yeah. Silent Hill. Yeah. So this was around the same time. I think, well, I don't know the exact same time. It was a little bit of a blur when you're, you're a child. But um, yeah. same time as what Resident, Resident Evil came out, I remember I would play Silent Hill with my brother. And I just, I loved it. I just, I remember it finding it so bizarre. Because it was quite unlike anything. Even like Resident Evil, I think. It was, you know, you just start off as this. I remember the, the start screen, like the... um. Like the movie was just so weird. Like the music, I think, which is all like, yeah, it was just, I, anyone that's played it, like, will understand how just strange it was. Like the first clip scene was just weird and creepy. And I remember just like as a kid, I was kind of just like enthralled by what the hell was going on. And just the way it looks as well was amazing with like fog and like the abandoned town. I just think it was kind of before its time in, in, a, in a way. Um, and it really captured, I think, this amazing like essence of horror that isn't kind of like, stereotypical you know just like zombies gore and all that kind of stuff and yeah i loved it it was awesome yeah. again traumatizing but in a in a great way <laughs> yeah well silent hill is one of those things that i have now since gone back and played um how happy yes um i'm pretty sure i played some of it with you actually i think i can do it because of the fact that it's like it's more of a creepy thing like it's terrifying 
but it's quite a mm-hmm. slow terrifying thing you know what i mean like yeah it's quite a suspense building thing and like yeah, yeah i can kind of deal with it a little bit better but still terrifying i think the thing i loved about one was the whole radio aspect was the fact that when there was like enemies nearby the radio would go off and it created like the sort of like distortion noise yeah and i i used to find that so scary because for me it was like it was quite relatable i suppose because you know you don't know where it is but you just hear this like radio sort of like you know walk sort of noise and like whenever you heard that it was like oh my god like where is it what is it like you sort of like go into like panic mode and i just i just thought like the dynamics like of that game like the way they did that was just really cool i don't know Unfortunately, I don't have any facts about that, but I would love to know more about, like, sort of where they got the inspiration of that from. But, yeah, it has this real kind of, like, eerie, sort of lonely feel to it, which I just thought was just so interesting. Yeah, because you're just by yourself as the main guy for pretty much all of it, aren't you? And you pretty much just get given a torch. It's not for ages that you get, like, any kind of weapon. Yeah. Like, which at the time was like, what, where is my gun? Where is, you know... Whereas the thing that I get to kill the monsters with, it was... And I think also yeah. the nice kind of... Although Resident even had, like, all the puzzle elements, it was, like, quite a puzzle game, Silent Hill. It was a lot of go here and try and work out the thing and then go here. And it was kind of, like, simple in that sense. But the actual thought of having to travel across the map and try and find these things is scary. Yeah, the map, the map felt huge as well. I mean, I don't know. I haven't played one in a little while, but I do remember it feeling like ginormous and quite yeah like there was a lot of um sort of navigation as well yeah um, which i did quite like because it felt very open world i suppose at that point in time which is weird for that early on yeah because it's pretty much just check Mm. the map to see where you need to go and then travel there right like it was yeah there wasn't too much to help you i guess and that was quite that was different for the time i think because a lot of i think a lot of games you know, that was kind of like most of the time it was always kind of like one way to go or, you know, you were sort of constrained within like a house or something. Whereas I remember in Silent Hill, it, it did feel really open. Like there was a lot of like possibilities and, and that was cool. And I liked yeah. that. Yeah. Getting lost is like kind of its own little adventure and like scariness yeah. all by itself because you're kind of like mm-hmm. just want to get through certain levels as quickly as possible, but there's not really any direction. So you're just, I remember wandering around like the school for ages trying to like go up and down and then you just find a new bit and you'd be really like half excited because you finally found out where to go but half also full of dread because you'd be like oh crap i heard new music or a new monster or something and you're like instantly then terrified again you're like i want to go back to the familiar (laughs) yeah (laughs) i um i didn't actually play silent hill too much or in i didn't i played one the most like that was for me because that's the one i've got on here silent hill one that was the pivotal one for me I did play a bit of one on PSP, I remember, and then we played Shattered Memories on Wii. Which... Oh, yeah, that's an entirely new discussion that, that... we need to have at some point. Is uh, our yeah, so I'm sure that'll come up at some other point. But I mean, I didn't really like that one. But then I think that was I I don't I don't even want to start on that one. So maybe we'll just leave Shattered Memories for another top five. We'll discuss that there. Yeah, I think best left. <laughs> talking about when we have longer to discuss the yes the interests of but i got back and they are actually related to what you were just saying about the school in the first one oh sweet um i don't know how well you remember it but um cool fact is that the um the abandoned school was largely a reference well they say it's a reference but it actually looked exactly like the kindergarten in 
the movie Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and a lot of people thought this was like a direct, like, oh, like they're doing this like on purpose to, you know, to look like Kindergarten Cop because apparently it's, it is so similar that it's not even like possible that That's... it's not. Oh, that is a great <laughs> fact. Like, like apparently, like the poster placement, like everything is like the same. Um, I'm sure there's YouTube videos where they actually show it properly. Obviously, I can't do that, but um, but the real reason behind it was because they said that when the um, like developers and stuff were like doing sort of like scouting, I guess you know, like trying to like look at landscapes like American schools and things, um, they watched Kindergarten Cop. So that's why. So it's like a reference. So, yeah, clearly they just saw <laughs> the one example of an American school that they could find and went, that's it. That's what we're going to make. Yeah. And it, to, I be mean, fair, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. I'd be the same. <laughs> thinking, yeah, thinking about kindergarten cops' school, it was pretty like typical American. Yeah. I mean, and who wouldn't want to watch kindergarten cop over and right. over again? So, so, yeah. So every time, you know, if you play it again and you're in the school, just i think picturing that will probably make people less scared and yeah i'm definitely gonna be a lot less scared <laughs> replaying this game now just picturing arnie walking around yelling at small children <laughs> or asking me who is my daddy and what does he do i mean That's... there may still be children there but they may just be the weird soot children that are creepy oh i forgot about the soot <laughs> children no i'm just gonna picture mr kimball <laughs> Are there any bathrooms? Um, what? Are there any bathrooms in the Silent Hill game? Just I'm picturing Kindergarten Cop yelling, there are no bathrooms. And oh, I'm wondering if they took it to that extreme level where they just removed all the bathrooms from the game. <laughs> I think there's bathrooms. Sorry, I got really confused by what you were saying. And I thought you were just asking me just randomly, like, are there bathrooms in the game? I was like, I don't know. You don't need toilet in the game. So <laughs> that would be cool, though, if you I've, did. But yeah. you don't. I've never explored that side of things. You just thought it was a weird bathroom lurker. <laughs> or just obsessive bathrooms. Mm. Are there bathrooms in that game? <laughs> top five I don't know, video Steph. game bathrooms. That's going to be a top five for sure. That means we're just going to have to play games to, to find the best bathroom <laughs> because I don't remember them. Or do I? <laughs> yeah, don't act like you haven't lurked in a video game bathroom. <laughs> anyway, another fact for you. Let's stir away from the bathrooms. <laughs> So this is quite a cool one, and this is like a development one, so you would enjoy this one. Cool. So basically, uh, because, you know, computer graphic cards weren't that amazing back in 1999, Konami, um, they had some, like, rendering issues with the graphics. What Konami decided to do was cover the bad-looking parts with fog um, to kind of, like, hide them, ah. just because they just didn't do it. So what actually happened was, although the fog was obviously, was intended to be there because it, it was meant to be there because it was covering the bad graphics. Yeah. So everyone believed that like this was like this huge big thing, you know, to create spookiness, which it did. Yeah. But it was kind of there to like cover the bad graphics, which I thought was amazing. But obviously the fog became synonymous with the series and was featured in like every game and became like a part of it. But it just made me laugh that it was it was in there originally just to cover some <laughs> graphic parts. Yeah. That's great. That is a good fact. Yeah. I like that one. It just makes me laugh because I'm just like, whoever was just like, yeah, let's just put the fog in, cover that shit up. And then it's like, it's obviously become such a big thing now. Yeah. I mean, it worked so, and it looked good. It did. It, it did its job and more. Exactly. They got a lot of money's worth out of that fog. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Silent Hill is my number three. And I really want to replay it actually because it was a good one. It was a good one, a scary good one that I'll probably still be terrified of and still give me nightmares. But, yeah. but 
a good, good one. Yeah, exactly. It's a good scare. Uh, right. So yeah, now it's your number three. Oh, my number three time again. So my number three is Spyro the Dragon 2. Oh, back on the Spyro. I know. So I know I mentioned Spyro last week, so I won't go into crazy details about again about mm. why I love Spyro so much. I think I've also got Spyro Brain because I've been playing the Reignited trilogy at the moment. Yes. So I'm just all about the Spyro. But I have kind of limited it to number two specifically because two was my favourite favourite um, and still is. Uh, which is Ripto's Rage, or as it's called in Europe and uh, I think Australia, Gateway to Glimmer. So I always knew it as Gateway to Glimmer, and now on my like remake, it's Ripto's Rage, which I think it was in America, North America, um, and yeah. other areas. But it was just a really fun game. It was just awesome. There were like some fun characters in there. Uh, it was a fawn and a cheetah man, which we've discussed um about their weird <laughs> relationships that everyone seemed to be on but yeah i don't know what it was there were some great levels in it um it be- kind of became a little bit less like the first one was very much like go here collect all the stuff and that was kind of it whereas this one introduced the orb side of things so it wasn't just go here collect everything and kind of go through it was also do all these little mini games like uh ice hockey and i think at one point you can like do lots of gliding challenge challenges and introduce a few more moves you could swim underwater and stuff so it was a lot more added to this spyro um than the first one and he was just it was just a really fun little game and i remember spending so much time playing it as a kid and hating the villains like the villains were just so good like ripto and then he had like gulp and crush who were his like lackeys and stuff and i remember being so hard as a kid and actually now i've literally just done it like um a couple of days ago doing like gulp again who's like the second boss and he's really difficult and i remember screaming and not being able to do it for ages as a kid and how long it used to take me to finish all the levels and stuff but i think it was one of the first games that i like religiously tried to finish a hundred percent yeah because obviously like as kids like we often discuss this at work how we only had a couple of games ever like you had a really small stack of games that you'd kind of return to it was rare that you'd get a new game and Spyro was one for me that even though I think I completed it like a couple times, I would just keep putting it back in when there were other ones in my little stack that I like maybe hadn't have completed so much. But Spyro was just the one that I could just go and spend lots of time in and remember like just trying to do weird things like jump off one thing to get to another and like, I don't know, weird kid stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think I had the same thing with um with Crash and Spyro where it was like they were the ones that I would just, even though I you know, I finished it and stuff. I, like, I would go back religiously and just try and complete like it more. There was always something that needed to be done or like done better and just for fun as well. Like I remember that one. That was the one with the skateboarding tiger. And am I, am I right? No. So the skateboarding came into number three and that was the one with the kangaroo mm-hmm. in it and right. all the, the penguin and all the like extra animals uh, and stuff. That was still PS1 there, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that was still PS1. Yeah, yeah still a okay. really good game. I, I like the, set, the third one quite a lot. I guess we can use by like by them and yeah. sort of what is where and you know what comes from which one. But I do, I think I did, I did play them all. I just they were just kind of just, merge. Yeah, one thing. but I I definitely do want to get the remake because that does look awesome. Yeah, definitely you should. They're really fun. They're really well done. They're very true to the originals and they they look beautiful. Like the art in them is really cool. So they've done a really good job with them. But yeah, it's just it's been great replaying them and I think even if I hadn't rebought the remakes, playing the original ones is still fun, which I think is a great like 
test of a game that you can still kind of just go back to it and be like, this is great. I can play this even though it looks like everything is made out of one brick, which is all right. <laughs> but my one bugbear that I had with it when I was replaying it, though, was was when you first get to this like new land because you're kind of pulled through a altar thing and you're kind of like not kidnapped but you're kind of taken to a new world and they're like oh we really needed a dragon to help us so we kind of kidnapped one it's quite a weird scenario and mm. you're then supposed to help everyone and he's like okay cool who who are you and they'll talk about it and then it pretty much as soon as the intro is done you're into a level and then from that point on everyone in the world knows who you are they're like oh hey spyro like how's it going and i'm like we've never been introduced how the hell do you know <laughs> who i am like, and it I guess that's everywhere. one thing about like when you're a kid is you don't really think about it. You're like, wait, how do you know my name? <laughs> I don't know you. Exactly. And I was like running around being like, literally, they're just like, hey, hey, Spyro, please help us. I'm like, I, I've never, I've never met you in my life. Why am I helping you? What, what is this place? Yeah, I've been kidnapped against my will, brought here, and <laughs> now everyone knows my name and telling me to do shit all the time. Yeah. As an adult, that's a I mean, bugbear that I have with this. I think I've got some questions for this game now. <laughs> it's just become dark again. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take... The, tr- the, tr- the true game of Spyro is really... He's been kidnapped, held against his will, and being forced to do all these tasks with people who he doesn't even know. Yeah. Who all know him. So they're clearly discussing. The word has clearly gone out that they're, they've got this guy. And he's Shit. there. Yeah. He's their bitch for a while. Eventually, <laughs> they let him go to his holiday destination where he was trying to get to. Which is a really fun part of the game right at the end where you get to go to like a place called Dragon Shores and it's like a little fun fair. Do you oh, remember that? Cute. And you get like your little like yeah. roller coaster and you get to collect all the tokens and go on a love ride. Oh, who do you go do you go get to go on that with anyone? I can't remember. No, so you go on it. So this is what made me laugh. I went on it by myself and then you see all the couples of people in levels and it's really cute use of all the characters and the levels go past you don't go in the like thing you just kind of see people go round and then slowly you come back but on my boat as i came back round was a fawn i'd somehow picked up this girl like halfway round the boat thing so i'm just thinking that this weird fawn girl just hanging out in a, a love tunnel waiting to get into my boat i mean maybe there was a scene where you didn't see where no i'm not even gonna go into it <laughs> i'm not gonna suggest what i'm suggesting i'm not gonna suggest that she was a prostitute I like that you weren't going to suggest it. You're just going to full on say it. But the way it seems, she, you know, she was hanging around in the tunnel and then Spyro picks her up. I mean, maybe not. Maybe she wasn't a prostitute. Who am I to say? I mean, yeah. Don't you be judging women who are hanging out in love tunnels. Yeah. In the dark. <laughs> getting into strangers' boats. She she can do what she wants. She's yeah. she's her own fool. It's fine. She wants to hang around in a love tunnel. She can. Good. I'm glad you've accepted her, her fate. <laughs> We don't know. This could be another one of their captured subjects. Oh, probably. It wouldn't surprise me. They've kidnapped them once, so... Yes. What are they not to kidnap someone else? Right. They're, they're into kidnapping. What's not to say they're Spyro. into prostitution? What a game. <laughs> <laughs> what a wonderful kids game that we've now ruined. Um, so, so my facts. I'm going to go straight onto facts. I'm just going to move, blast through this. Um, Please do. It's not really a fact. I have two things. One is not really a fact, and that is that I did not realise that Ripto... And I don't know if you remember what Ripto looked like. He was this small little orange man with a cape, and he had a little horn on the top of his head, and he was with two big kind of monstery like people, and they were all supposed to be dinosaurs. Now, Gulp and Crush 
look kind of dinosaur-like. Ripto does not look anything like a dinosaur. And when I was like reading, um, I think it was like a Spyro Wikipedia page or something like that, and under like type or uh, species or something, it was dinosaur. And I just looked at this little man with the horn on his head. I was like, how are you a dinosaur? In what, what dinosaurs were these people looking at? Uh, Insomniac, where they were like, yes, this is what a dinosaur looks like. I mean, clearly I don't know what dinosaurs look like, but... He looks like a what's it. He did look like a what's it. A unicorn what's it. <laughs> I just Googled him because I'd forgotten what he looked like and that's literally, or like a Cheeto. A Cheeto in a cape. <laughs> a Cheeto in a cape with a little unicorn horn. That is what Ripto looks like. Now that's not a dinosaur to me, but... No, but then I suppose you can't, you know, dinosaurs, they're all going to be unique. And if some of them look like what's it, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, who are we to judge the appearance of dinosaurs? <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my uh, fact, but not really a fact. Um, my actual fact is a little bit, and it's again Ripto themed because he was yeah this stupid little what's it. <laughs> he got his name because Spyro in in the Japanese release of the game on the front cover they wrote Spyro in katakana, and when you look at that, it looks like Ripto in that language um so they were like oh that's where they got it from they found they were like oh we should use this name and uh yeah they used ripto so that's where he gets his little name from which i thought again a naming fact what are all these things about naming facts that we keep finding we do have a lot of naming facts yeah but then i think it's interesting because yeah then you dive onto the whole like what could have been yeah you know i mean what's a better name for a unicorn cheeto cheesy poof man in a cape <laughs> I mean, I can't think of a name, so Ripto seems to suit. Yeah, I, I'm just going to call him What's It from now on. Does he look like a What's It in the remastered one? No, he's a little bit less What's It-like. Mm. I think they've toned down the orange, and he's a little bit less round, potatoed form. Oh. Yeah. That's a shame. I wish that they just remastered the whole game, but then just left him as he did, because he looks so great. There's an angry little shouting What's It. <laughs> just like is this like tiny little creature uh just everyone else is like the high scale polys with these really hd like things and there's just him melty face what's it just sat on the sidelines so angry and then he at least have a reason for being so angry exactly but then i do love what's it so i probably wouldn't mind becoming one <laughs> could just lick yourself all day long oh god oh no that's <laughs> Right, let's go on to number two. <laughs> Why do we keep ending them like that? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, number two. Just move Moves on. Swiftly on. Um, so, my number two mm-hmm. is Final Fantasy VIII. Ah, I knew there would be a Final Fantasy in there somewhere. I'm surprised it's number two, though. However, I don't know what your number one is, but... You don't. Uh-huh. So Final Fantasy VIII, yeah, definitely um, one of my favorite Final Fantasy games of all time because of everything, um, the soundtrack, just story, just, I don't know, I, I picked it up, I did pick it up after Final Fantasy VII because obviously that is, you know, an important one hmm. and I just, I just loved it. Like, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's really hard to actually explain why I love it. I just do. I think yeah. when I was younger, that was definitely one of the ones as well that I played by myself properly and, and I, you know, I succeeded in it. I didn't just die at the first boss i um i did actually get quite far in it and i've replayed it many 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 times since then and i still love it absolutely love it the balam garden song like will always just make me 
emotional um and just feel really confident as well i think i mean all good reasons other than just it's a lovely game yeah it is i think those that era of them anyway um and that one being an interesting one because it was kind of felt a little bit more realistic in the way that the it people did, were represented yeah. and stuff like that yeah they had a bit like they were a bit more human than um and it did it did feel a bit more realistic they had um some of the uh like the graphics and i thought were amazing especially like some of the like the cutscenes and stuff they were really good i remember there's there's a there was a cutscene with um selfie and uh, which sounds weird when I say her name now, like that selfie, because that is pretty sure how it's pronounced, but it's obviously S E L F I E. But you know, then they created the word selfie, so you picture of yourself, and her name is pretty much ruined. Um, God but damn it. selfie, like when when she like first arrived, like there was a cutscene with her, and I remember like back then it was incredible, like it was amazing. You, you, I'd never seen like a cutscene like that from Monster Seven or anything like that. Um, and I'm just like being in awe. I was like, this is just an amazing game. And so yeah. That's definitely um, one of my all-time favorites. Due to nostalgia as well, but also just because it's good. Like I, I replayed it last year on my phone, and um, I loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, the story is just really cool in that one, definitely. And um, I think I loved all the character design. I remember them them looking really cool. Like because obviously they were more human for like some of the other ones where they were a little bit like and other games around at the time. Everything was kind of a little bit more animal and. Um, and for more part, like, oh, I cannot say that word. Anthropomorphic? That's the word I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was kind of like that. Like, we're talking about Spyro and Crash and stuff. And to have, like, a slightly more serious game with a little more nice tone. But it wasn't, yeah. like, a horror game and it wasn't a, you know, a shooting game. It was kind of, like, a story-based game. It was just really nice to see. Yeah. And I think as well, like, I know I mentioned it before, but the music was such a big thing. I think the soundtrack for, for 8 was incredible. Yeah, definitely. I think, obviously, with any, with any Final Fantasy game, like the music is always really important. But I just, I loved like the design of the school as well. Just, just Yeah, it was just, I just, I, I literally can't fault it. I'm just going to sit here and just basically confess my love to Final Fantasy 8. So That's fine. Probably That's... drop some facts, really. Yeah. Stop me from... Well, I mean, my... I have a weird fact. There's a very personal fact about Final Fantasy VIII. It's Ooh. not really a fact. It's just a statement. Oh, it's a personal fact about you? Yeah. Um. So me playing um number eight, I think for the first time, and I was quite a bit older when I played eight than like the other the other ones on PlayStation One. But I um I remember it's quite early on in the game, and you um have to go to a cave. And I think there's like oh, a lock. Yeah, and there's a lock on the cave, and you're supposed to go and do a bunch of stuff, and then the guy gives you like the key or something to get into the cave, right? You're supposed to go and do a whole bunch of stuff to get this code. And I remember the first time I played it, I just guessed the code randomly. Oh I didn't have any clue. I didn't look at what it was. I just was like, I'm just going to guess this code. And I managed to get it. And he gave me the key and I didn't have to do all of this like side stuff, which I'm sure would have helped me because I think I found the boss really hard after that. And I was quite like obviously lower leveled because it was definitely in that era of games we had to grind to get your levels up. Yeah. But I remember just guessing him being like, sweet, I don't have to do that like side mission. It was really weird. <laughs> you broke the game. I did. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but yeah, I remember that. That was, I think that was the first boss where you actually fought Ifrit. Yes, um, that was it. And you got him as a guardian, I think, which brings me to my first fact, which is um, Final Fantasy um, Eight was the first Final Fantasy games that let you choose a name for their summons. Ah. So before that, you could never name your summons Final Fantasy Eight. You could. So if you wanted to call, you know, if it was to Bojangles, then you could. 
<laughs> that was your choice well, to make. Not saying that's what I did. You but totally had all the Bojangles. You could literally name them as anything. And I remember having a lot of fun with that as a kid. <laughs> you know, if I just wanted to call Shiba poop, then I could. You know, there was just no limits to, to my game. <laughs> you knew how to have a good time. That was my humour then. So it was like that I did that. Um, yeah. Would probably still do it now. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not far off our humour now. So fair. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I don't know if you remember um, Dealing City or Delling. Uh, uh, this is where ooh, yes, I think so. That area was like heavily influenced by Paris. And as soon as I read that, I was like, of course. Like when I think of, of it, of that city, I'm like, it's just like so obvious. Yeah. Anyway, second fact from that is that I don't know if you remember during the like Expedia's parade in, in Delling City. Yes, I remember that parade. Um, there's like a bunch of like dancing and it's like apparently if you look closely they're actually performing the dance from michael jackson's thriller <laughs> do you remember them dancing kind of weirdly so i think next time i play it i'm definitely gonna yeah look at that i'm gonna have to hilarious. look at that and see just a side by side video i'm sure someone's made it on youtube yeah that's brilliant yeah so many references from so watching things i know so that's that i thought that was awesome um when it makes me want to play it again which um, I'm just hoping that they remaster it. Actually, I obviously they did it with seven, so mm. I'm really hoping that that happens in the future. Like, I don't mean like you know to make the, the new one like a completely redo it. I just mean that they did with it with seven, where they just made it so compatible with PlayStation Four. So you just you know. Oh, is it not on PlayStation Four? <clears throat> no. Uh, so yeah. I think it's in the making, and people have discussed it. Yeah. But I guess they're busy with the actual Final Fantasy um, proper remake. So yeah, they take their time with stuff as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that they do, do get around to doing it because I would play the shit out of that game. Yeah, I think I would. I think I have so, it still here on um, yeah PlayStation One form and a PlayStation Two somewhere that will run it. But it's been a long time since I've played eight. Eight's one of the ones I don't um haven't played very much really. Like I have definitely played it the whole way through like once, but compared to I think the other ones, that's a low number. Yeah, I was also going to mention a fan theory, Ooh. but I'm not going. Because oh. I just feel like we don't need to get into that. You're teasing but... now. That's just... No, I mean, there was just this whole theory about, like, you know, was he dead the whole way through the game? Was he not dead the whole way through the game? But I just don't think that we need to do that. Because when we start talking about fan theories, we're just going to fall into a hole okay. of yeah. prostitutes and Spyro and <laughs> other fan theories Conspiracies like and the moon landing <laughs> wasn't real and... Yeah. Yeah. So my... My my final fact, it's just going to be a nice simple one, oh. which was Squall is actually based on the actor River Phoenix, or the late actor River Phoenix. Wow. And, yeah, so... I don't know if I can see it, but... In- I think you kind of have to just picture that, you know, his, um, his like, player icon, you know, the... Yeah. ...through its face. And I, I can kind of see it, like, that kind of, kind of look. But I just thought that was quite nice because River Phoenix was amazing. Yeah, I think the problem is right now. I, anytime I think anyone says like pitch River Phoenix, I think of Stand by Me version where he's yeah. a kid. So <laughs> doesn't work quite as yeah, well. It's not quite computing as yeah. well. But interesting reference. Yeah, but that was my 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 last fact. Nice. Um, for my Final Fantasy Eight number two. Well, so I'm very excited for your number. Yeah. yeah. So my number two is another two game i've realized i've had loads of two games uh it's croc 2 <laughs> um amazing i 
yeah, I loved Croc. Um, the the thing with this list, I have to say, is it was really hard not to make my entire list just platformers from the PlayStation One. I had to fight yeah. really hard to think of other games that I really enjoyed playing as a kid that weren't platformers because I had so many that just instantly came into my head. Um, and I thought of Croc and I could not not mention Croc too. I played the first one, but I had the first one more on old Windows 97 computer. So Croc 2 was the one that I played the most on the PlayStation. And I remember a lot of not knowing what I was doing and not being very good at Croc on the PlayStation. But it was just really cute. Like all the little gobbos that lived on their little island and you had to help them do things and collect all the gems. And I watched some playthroughs today because I wanted to kind of get back into knowing what croc looked like and how to play it because i didn't own it anymore and i i just remember i was watching this person play through it and just how good they were at doing all the stuff like killing all the bad guys and like doing all the platforming i just remember as a kid i was so bad at this game it was quite hard (laughs) and i just remember like this guy was like flying through it and killing everyone and there was just me like getting murked at the first like level and he had obviously unlocked loads of stuff and gone quite far in the game and he was doing stuff and I was like, I didn't even know you could do that in this game. Like he had like this special power up and I was like, I didn't know you could get that power up. And then yeah, through my research I found you could do a lot more in Croc than I ever managed to achieve as a small child. But saying all of this, I still had so much fun playing it. Even though I was terrible and even though I probably played the same like first two levels and like the main little hub island area the most it was still just really cute like just helping the little gobbos do all their tasks and yeah it was just a great game you had your little backpack mm. on you're making all the good noises like you know, <laughs> and stuff little spinner tank. that's a really good impression thanks i've worked on it for many years <laughs> croc was my backup really croc was on your backup mm-hmm. ah. yeah i i had facts yeah because oh. I really wanted to put Croc in, but it was just one of those really hard things where it's like, I did love Croc a lot, but everything, I, I just, things ever took it. But no, I I agree with you. Like, it was really hard. I remember that was one of those games where it would just be like, I just constantly just die. Like, I'd fall in lava or I'd fall off or like, you know what I mean? So it was quite hard when it came to like jumping, I found. Mm, Yeah, a lot of falling Um, from things. Yeah, but it's, for me, it's one of those like really like lovely nostalgic games where I think when I hear like the noises of the game or like the sound or the sound effects, like, Oh yeah, it's, it was so good. Yeah, so completely. Good. Um, and I'd forgotten all about Swap Meet Pete. Do you remember Swap Meet Pete? He was like a oh. cat that lived. He owned a shop basically. He was a shopkeeper, <laughs> and we we love a good shopkeeper. I feel like. Um, and he was like a cat yeah. creature that wore a fez, and he owned a shop. And it, the shop, <laughs> I don't remember that. The shop creature kind of. He it kind of functioned a bit like um, Zelda does, so you can kind of look around the shop and kind of pick items yeah. off the walls and stuff. And I'd totally forgotten all about him. And then the name, I like saw it, and the name just came flooding back to me. I was just like, "Swap meet Pete." Um, and I think <laughs> he sold like all the items that you needed for the game, basically. But I think I just never because I was never very good at the game. I didn't think I ever got a lot of his items, so I never really saw much need for Swap Meet Pete. But now. I'd uh, love to go back and play it and just buy all the things in the it's, shop. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, these days you get kids playing, like, Fortnite and Overwatch and, like, beating me, like, you know, yeah. like, doing amazingly compared to me and, like, absolutely destroying me. And then there's us who can't even, like, function through, like, Croc and Fresh Bandicoot. Like... Yeah. <laughs> and then we were having fun. Yeah. 
So I don't know. They were hard yeah. games. They were not easy. Like I say, I'd like to go back now, yeah, like, but the kids of today, they they couldn't, they couldn't do it. No, like they don't. Yeah, and they ha- and we had to deal with the D pad. Like nothing was on analog. It was all D pad. Oh. And to control everything through the D pad, they don't know our struggles, man. No, they don't. Know. Yeah. But yeah, Croc, Croc was yeah. Amazing. So facts for Croc. I'd be interesting to see whether you have similar facts because there was a whole massive page of facts um, about Croc. Oh my god, you found the same one as me. Shout out to that person yeah. because they've compiled a lot of right? facts. It was just a forum post as well. It was like someone being like, I'm going to tell you all the knowledge I possibly have about Croc. And boy god, was it a shit ton of knowledge. So whoever that person is, great work. Um, oh, yeah. And so I took two. I took two of his facts, so now I feel awful because they were great facts. I'm sure I've got more, don't worry. One of my facts was not a particularly interesting one, it was just kind of like a... Uh, it was more a melancholy one because it it was planned to be on Dreamcast, but was cancelled uh, when everyone stopped making stuff for Dreamcast. It kind of made me sad because the Dreamcast is just a console that just almost got so many items on my list, but didn't quite get them because everyone just stopped making stuff for it and they when they realised it was failing. So that was like a slightly interesting one. And a more development-y kind of one that I found was that the design doc that, if you don't know what design doc is in gaming, it's like uh, all the mechanics listed out and all the different things you can do in the game listed out, like how it works, how it's going to be rewarded to the player and all that kind of stuff. Was just, they're, they're complicated things. But the one for Croc was the same thickness as the yellow pages. Which is insane. There's a huge design doc. Like, normally the ones you look at are like, I don't know, a few pages that someone's put together, especially for a game. But the size of Yellow Pages, that is an impressive amount of design work. So well done, those designers. Uh, but maybe less <laughs> for the uses of trees. That's true. Into that. So That's a moment of true. silence for those trees. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing at the trees, I promise. So what were your facts? What did you find? So I, I think that we had the same forum because the one I had looked more like a website. I don't know. Mm. Um, this guy had like dedicated us all oh, maybe. to like crop facts. Maybe I just thought um, it was a thing. The one fact that I came up with, which is very drama infused. And I don't know if you read about this one in regards to crop being, sorry, Mario 64 being a ripoff of crop. I did not know. I did not read this. So this, I just, I did read up a little bit about this a couple of times and I think it might be true, but it, it's just very hard for me to get my head around. So you might be able to, you know, make more out of it. But um, so apparently Crocs creators, so Argonaut Games, created a work 3D render of a character moving through this world and they presented it to Nintendo, apparently, asking to have Yoshi in front of it so he would be the star yeah. of it. Uh, Nintendo refused. They were just like, no, no, no. Like, we're very protective of, like, our characters and our franchise, blah, blah, Um, But then they went and created Mario 64, but apparently used a lot of the ideas that were shown to them in the, what you know, what Argonaut Games showed yeah. them. So this is all kind of, like, hearsay because, you know, who really knows? Yeah. But it does seem that, obviously, they then released Crop and it was backed by Sony and all that kind of stuff. Um, but apparently they did... Um, I'm going to have to run into the creator of Mario 64, um, the guy they'd obviously met before, Shigeru Miyamoto, and apparently he thanked them for giving them idea. And yeah, so basically, apparently, the way of Miyamoto smoothing things over was to claim um, that he gave them enough royalties to make up for it. So I don't know how much this is like how true that yeah. is, but 
seems like there's a little bit of drama going on there. So I don't think, obviously, like, they wouldn't have been able to, like, steal the idea, but it may have just been that they took some inspiration maybe from Prop um, and what Argonaut Games showed them. But yeah, that was very Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I guess if you think about it, like, if Nintendo hadn't... Croc does look a bit like Yoshi. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think if Nintendo hadn't been thinking about moving characters in a 3D world and then they were shown a character moving in a 3D world, they then made their own version of it. I mean, that's that's kind of gaming, yeah. right? Take what you yeah, will. take what you will from Not that. Not sure how much of that is true. Mm, but, that's very interesting um, one, though. And another great fact from, from said website slash forum, um, which was my favourite and just immediately made me laugh out loud, um, was I'm going to read it exactly as I found it. Croc is vegetarian. His favorite vegetable is pea. He's pea. Singular pea. It's just one pea. <laughs> it made me laugh so much that I had to copy it directly. I how how does a person know this about Croc? I don't know. Where is he did you find as well when you were searching for Croc facts? Did you just find a lot of crocodile facts? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You're just learning about crocodiles all afternoon. Yeah. It kind of sounds a bit like a Sesame Street special. Just like today <laughs> today we're gonna learn all about the vegetable pea. <laughs> oh croc. Oh croc. Croc and your many, many peas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad that you that croc was your number two because um definitely you mentioned. Well, that's exciting. I can't believe that we're on to number one. I know. It's crazy. We've flown. I'm not ready. Games. <laughs> yeah, I'm not ready for this to end. My body's not ready for this. Um, So, this one. Your number I one. I didn't want to pick this one because you'll see why in a minute. Mm. But I just had to. Like, I couldn't lie to myself. I don't, I don't want to create, you know, start this podcast on a bed of lies. That's good. So, it's very I was going to go true to me. And I went for Final Fantasy VII. Ah, uh, yeah. I knew that Final Fantasy VII had to be in here somewhere. Did you not pick it? No. That is not my number okay. one. Well, I... Obviously, it was a, it was a big title with Final Fantasy VIII Final Fantasy VII. But I just felt like... I, I love Final Fantasy VIII. It's amazing. But for me, Final Fantasy VII is probably... Maybe the one I've played the most. Because I've got the remake on PlayStation 4. And I don't know. It was the first Final Fantasy game that I played. And I, I know that game like, like inside out. And I just think that I know it's become like a very big thing. It's the most well-known one. Everybody goes mad for it. But really, aside from all that, like, I think it is one of the biggest ones for me as well. Yeah. Couldn't not pick. No, I mean, it's definitely not being funny. If we're going to talk about PlayStation 1 games and Final Fantasy VII is not somewhere on our list, many people, I think, will be very shocked and appalled. Because yeah. it's just, it's one of those games where everyone, when you talk about the PlayStation 1 most people will be like, yes, that that's the game. And I think even when you talk about Final Fantasy, people are like, that's still the game. Like, Final Fantasy VII was the one that everyone just loses their shit about. Yeah, and it, with good reason. Like, yeah. it, it was amazing, and I'm still replaying it at the moment. And I'm still enjoying it just as much as I ever did, and it brings me a lot of joy. Just Final Fantasy VII and just, yeah, like, the same with Final Fantasy VIII, like, the music golden saucer my favorite place in the world oh god yeah um it's just brings brings you back to to the good times and i played it a lot when i was younger yeah. and it was a bit of like a family game as well that we always play which is which is funny because there is actually a lot of funny undertones when i'm playing it now and see as an adult um things that I, like just like sort of dark jokes sort of things that i said that i didn't quite understand when i was younger yeah 
which come out and and, and things which which is quite enjoyable when you replay it and yeah I think as well playing it as an adult you kind of take in the story a bit more not that I didn't when I was younger but I don't know there's there's so much depth to Final Fantasy 7 and a lot of the other games too but obviously like you know Final Fantasy 7 has an extended world now with like Aperture and all that kind of stuff and they obviously did like Crisis Core and Dirge Cerberus so like yeah. there's all these like different levels of of that world now and it's just really fun to replay it and kind of like put all the puzzle pieces together I suppose I did not get any, f- well, I did get one fact. I don't know why. I just didn't have any luck with Final Fantasy VII facts. I tried so hard to get some good ones. I really <laughs> did. I really, really, really did. It's surprising because it's a game that there's so much written about it. And like you said, it's so well known and it's so well explored, like with some of the themes and stuff and how dark it is as a game in bits and quite, like you said, like quite deep um, with some yeah. of the bits behind it, it's amazing that there aren't more facts. Maybe we just we maybe we just know them all. You know what I mean? Like yeah. most people know a lot about the game. The the, t- the facts that I do have just seem to have an undertone to them now. That I've just realised and maybe look like a well. Let's just go into it, shall we? <laughs> um, so the one fact that I've got written down is that if you re- acquire Yuffie, the ninja, whilst playing with Tifa as the lead in disc two, she will simply refer to you as boobs. <laughs> she just. Just points out boobs. Just that's it. Tifa gets boobs. That's the fact. That's the one fact again. My number one. <laughs> that's the only Final Fantasy VII fact that we have is boobs. Well, is that Yuffie would call Tifa boobs? Um. Yeah. Brilliant. I'm. Um, I just. I tried. I did. There was. There was some other sort of some facts, but none of them just. None of them stuck out to me like that one did. Yeah. Um. There was another one irrelevant, but um. When you're cloud riding a chocobo racing chocobos apparently there's some way to like look at his face during that and apparently his face looked really messed up second fact for you there third fact that i remember from memory is that there is a scene where they're in some sort of like chocobo hut or stable oh yeah you, you can go visit them right yeah, yeah yeah but apparently there's a scene where cloud and tifa go off and um supposedly the internet and the world thinks that they shag wow these are these definitely have a theme to them I know, I didn't mean to. Blame the internet. But they're apparently they come out with a shovel and there's like this fan theory that they basically did that. But I'm, yeah, I'm now looking at my facts. I mean, you say the internet did it. You chose those facts. You were like, <laughs> these are the interesting facts that I want to bring to Steph. And I'm glad you did because <laughs> I will forever just rename Tifa as boobs now. Yeah. And I can be like, it's okay because that's what Yuffie calls her. Yeah, exactly. It's not like you manually named her that or anything. I mean, maybe we'll just start naming all of the characters in Final Fantasy VII just by some attribute of them. Because, I mean, they call Cloud Spiky Head. Like, that's pretty much all Spiky Head Man. That's, like, pretty much all he ever gets named as. So you've got Spiky that's... Head Man, Gun Arm, um, Boobs. Hmm, uh... I would call Red just Dog. Dog, yeah. Dog's good. Well, I'm trying to think... Vincent. I don't know what to call Vincent. Mm, emo? Yeah. Goth? Or just sad. <laughs> Sad's a better one, actually. Sad. It's got to be, yeah, if it's a physical representation, we've got to go with sad. No, I like just sad. <laughs> sad. This is sad, everybody. It's nice to meet sad. Um, I would call Pizza. Well, I mean... I mean, Marshmallow. Oh, I was about to say Marshmallow. Yeah, he's a cool. Definite Marshmallow man. Although it, I'm not sure who else there is in the game now. Yeah, we haven't named Jeffy or Sid. Oh. Sid could just be Cigar. I'd call him Stubble. 
He's got a stubble in that one. I know, it was just the way you said it was just very much like, this is my name for him, and I use it all the time. <laughs> I think stubble would be quite cool name. Stubble's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'd call Yaffe, though. No, Yaffe's a difficult one. Guess we'll never know. No. She can just be Yaffe, it's fine. She came up with the name Boob, so she can have her own name. Oh, yeah, that's true. She, she started all of this, so it's all her fault. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Final Fantasy VII is a great game, and I think the reason it's not my like number one um, is because I have so much attachment to uh, Gold Saucer that every time I try and play Seven again, I have completed Seven, but every time I've tried to do it since completing it, I just the moment I get to Gold Saucer, that's it. I spend all my time in Gold Saucer. You're like, I'm done. Yeah, I've I pretty much just play the game to get to Gold Saucer. <laughs> then once I'm in Gold Saucer, I complete everything there that I possibly can, and then that's it. I don't want to play the game anymore. I just want to ride to Chocobos. You your peak, right? Yeah, and I... You're like, this isn't going to get any better. Exactly. I want to play the Moogle game. I want to feed him his nuts and send him off flying. You want to... Yeah. Uh, oh my god, that was the best game. Yeah, it was an awesome one. As a kid, I remember once... I, I don't know, I must have been a little bit slow at this point, but I remember getting stuck on it and um and being on it for like an hour because I couldn't figure out like how to do it and just that music going over and over <laughs> and him just falling over and over. Like I think I just some sort of like psychosis and now I find it really hard to play that game. <laughs> it was to be fair to you, it was a hard game because you literally had to feed him the right amount of nuts and the only way you'd know was just through guesswork. It yeah, was just pure I think guesswork. It was. I swear there was no, there might have been like one audio clip that they play when you know you fed him enough. But even then, I don't think there was. I think it was literally just like, it was hard. Feed him some nuts. See whether the fat man can fly. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was a, it's clearly tormented. I you. can't even get, I can't, I can't go there. Um, who did you take on a date there in the Ferris Well, That's the important So I think I, I've played it with both, but I think my, I think I always lean more towards Aerith than, Tifa, as much because okay. well, you could take Yuffie or Barrett. I don't know if you know that. I did not. I don't think I've ever taken either of them. Now I'm always going to pick Barrett. <laughs> I think I just always assumed that I had to take one of the two girls because isn't there something like if you just never speak to one of them, you get another piece of like conversation or dialogue or something like that with one of them? Like if you don't speak to Ares the whole time, you get something with Tifa, and if you don't speak to Tifa the whole time, you get something with Ares. Is that a thing, or is that just a random internet? It, it might be. I'm not sure. There's a, there's a lot of things that Ferris works. I remember in the, in the remake, um, there's like all these trophies that you can get from whoever you take on. I know Barrett's one of them. And yeah, I think there is definitely different dialogue options, but it's it's complex. It's a, it's a complicated game. Yeah, it's quite a lot of like love date. triangles and yeah. yeah. It's like, do I take this person? I, I always um I always took boobs. Yeah, I, well, I know you're a boobs fan. Boobs so. was my girl. Yeah. Um, I just liked Tifa. I just always felt like she was kind of like the underdog a little bit. And obviously Cloud, you know, never really like, I think, I don't know. I think he always liked Aerith a bit more. Yeah. I always felt a bit bad for Tifa because like, tell that she'd be like, popped her off a lot of the time. Yeah. I think that was always my thing. I didn't want the poor girl to get too like, you know, attached. Didn't want to lead her on. Yeah, I didn't want to lead her on. I felt she deserved more than that. That's true. That's nice. (laughs) That's nice. Maybe she could always go on a date with Sad. Yeah. I think Sad and her would have made a great team. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, sorry that I don't have any more non... That's fine. I'd, I don't need fact. any more facts from you. I mean, boobs and, yeah, sexual orientated facts are always a fun way to end our uh, 
our list items. So Yeah. But Final Fantasy Seven, great game. Yeah. Awesome storyline, great music. Everybody knows Final Fantasy Seven is great. So I don't feel like I need to explain it too much. So no, I think feel free to go into another one, which I know what it is. You do. I well I'm gonna say this is I'm gonna have to apologize because we've we've had such a t- Final Fantasy heavy yeah. end, but I'm gonna have to mention the other Final Fantasy game on PlayStation One, which is my favorite, which is Final Fantasy Nine, which is always a big thing because not that many people I think like Nine. There's a good group. There's a good group that like Nine. Nine's one of my favorite games ever, so it had to go on this list somewhere. And I was like, not putting it at the top would just be wrong to myself. So yeah, apologies for the Final Fantasy heavy top list fan but um yeah nine i think spoke to me the most because i owned again same as you i owned seven first and i love seven and i played seven with my cousin quite a lot but um it was one of those things where i think when i got it he played it a lot and i was kind of like the assistant so i kind of helped out quite a bit and we did the story and stuff together but nine was the first one that i took control and played by myself and yeah it just went through the whole thing and i just i just loved it like um the aesthetic in it is my favorite because where seven is quite dark and nine eight's a little bit more realistic nine's got that really nice kind of not cartoony but it's got like a little bit more mythical and wizardy world feeling you know that fantasy world feeling definitely feels like that because it's got loads of old knight kind of shiny knights armor and towns and um balloons running around and it's just the aesthetic of all the town scenes and stuff in that game are just beautiful and all the characters and stuff um just for that reason i i loved it and it had lots of like little cool features i always thought in it as a game like you could do ates which were like active time events and they kind of were like you could see different events happening around between all your like team members and different things were happening to them as they like explored the town when you got somewhere and it was just quite a nice feeling because i always felt that i got really attached to everyone in my team um in that game it wasn't just the you know the the four main people that you had on your team who you used all the time and they were kind of the attachment or like the three main people who were maybe the main part of the story it just felt like everyone had a really equal part to the story um or they own had their own quite in-depth section like freya uh, who I really loved as a character. She even had her own thing, even though you might not use her that much. Same with like, you know, the the slight lesser like Queena. Oh, I loved. Oh, yeah, I loved them. She was great. Um, yeah, and she was weird and just like talking about cooking and catching frogs, but even she had her own little like story and little parts to, in it, and it was just was so much great like little stuff. And there were so many Moogles in the game that was like instantly sold to me. <laughs> yeah that was it was very moogle it heavy was. That's he for had sure. little like sethkin which is where i get one of my gamer tags from um who is like a traveling moogle and you find him in loads of different parts of the game and he was just really cute um and there's lots of really nice little games like frog catching and you could do a skipping thing with vivi oh, and I forgot about that. yeah it was great yeah um and even the card game i got so addicted to the card game last game last time i played it it's like uh tetra master mm-hmm. um it it was just great. It was a really fun card game and you collected cards as you kind of uh, did different things. I don't think I ever collected So more. I think that was the only Final Fantasy game that I ever actually played the card game. From what I remember. Yeah, so the little side game that you never really do much in. Uh, like 10 had Blitzball, but I never played mm. Blitzball or any of those kind of ones. But yeah, that card game, so addicted to it. Just did collected all the stuff. 
But yeah, it's just it's one of my favourites. And I just think it's a really nice game. It's got a really great story. The characters are like nice and they're slightly cheeky in it. And, you know, you play as Zidane a lot of. And Vivi's story is really deep and existential. And, and there's a bit where you touch a princess's butt, which I, you know, always appreciate. It's a great <laughs> game. Yeah. I knew you were going to pick nine. I just, because it's just, yeah. I kind of had a feeling that it, because I was doing seven and eight, I was like, she's probably going to do nine. I was like, but it's fine because I think Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 1, like especially those three, like they were massive yeah. and they were awesome. And I do think they, you know, they deserve it. So it's fine. I don't think it's a bad thing that we did three Final Fantasy games because they were just really good. And I think um, Final Fantasy 9 was one of the ones I played least, but I did still really enjoy it. Because I remember when I picked it up, I, I think I actually thought I was putting in eight or seven when I was younger. And I remember like being like, hang on, like this, this isn't, game that i thought it was and like starting off as like do you start off as bb or like there's definitely part in the beginning where you're bb yeah it's quite um there's like a crash ship or something like that and i remember just being like i don't know what's going on but i'm enjoying it and um yeah and i remember just, it is, it's really endearing i think it's probably the word that i would use for that it's just it's cute it's adorable but it's it's really fun because it has that final fantasy element to it that is in the other ones and it's just you just can't you just couldn't really go wrong with it with it i think back then seven eight and nine it was just the whole like format of it just yeah they were all great really yeah they all worked and they all had a story which could be as light and, and then get quite heavy uh as you like the further in that you went which was just really nice i think especially at that time where everything was kind of like everything had a story but maybe wasn't as story heavy as maybe they were yeah. Like, obviously, there were games that were, but for how long they were, for how long you ended up playing them to go, like, through, like, four discs. By the time you got through all of that, you were just so connected to all the characters and all the stuff that was going on. It was just, I think especially when you're younger as well, you just got really into finding out what the next point of the story was going to be. Yeah. For sure. I think with those games, it was, um, you know, it created a whole world. And especially, like, when you're a bit younger sort of playing a game where like there's, there's this massive world but like a story in it with characters like it was so it just brought it to life and I think for me like that is why I loved fantasy games was just because it just you know being able to go into this other world that was just created so like magnificently it just yeah it was just loved it yeah definitely so my I did manage to find some facts not very many though I had the same thing I struggled to find facts um yeah for, for nine mine less sexually orientated than yours i think though you're gonna be a bit disappointed yeah. <laughs> in mine um so mine if you go in one of the uh weapon shops uh in limblum which is like one of the main cities you go to in the game uh you can go into a weapon shop and there's a bunch of swords on the wall and you can kind of talk to the shopkeeper about them and one of them if you click on it the guy will say like i remember a guy with spiky hair who, who carried a sword like this it's obviously a reference to Cloud with his <laughs> spiky hair that everyone knows, uh, which I just thought was quite a cool thing. Um, so pretty sure at some point I remember finding that being older and like realizing that there was that reference in there, just being like, "Oh man, they put it in their own game. It's not that crazy, but it's nice." Yeah. Um. So that was a really cool one. And my second fact was, um, before you fight the final boss, he goes off on a long monologue to Zidane, the main character about like death and fear and all that kind of dark stuff and he says the lines uh fear leads to anger anger leads to hate hate leads to suffering which is a very common quote from yoda so there's a weird star wars <laughs> quote in that in that game oh, which, i like yeah that. i didn't know yeah, that it was a cool one i was like i don't think 
I remember that happening or noticed that there was a Yoda quote in that game, but I'm so glad that there is because it kind of ties some beautiful things together. That's awesome. It's just my thing. That's the end of our list. We've made it. So what about the backups? So we had a lot less, you know, crossovers than I thought we were going to. I know. So we didn't get to use Beetle. Oh, we didn't. We'll save him. He can be our backup one for every episode. Can we just do one? Just, just one. You want one beetle? Well, but what? Hang on. We might have backups that yeah. cross over. Let's let's hold on. Okay. So one of my games that we didn't mention that's in my backups that I kind of wish I put in my list because I thought you were going to definitely put it in your list, and so I have to mention Incredible Crisis. No, I didn't put it in my list because I was saving it for another list. Um, but I love Incredible Crisis, and I feel like. No one will know what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. Because we'll kind of explain it is an incredible crisis to those who don't know. It's um I don't know how well known this game is. I don't think it's that well known. A lot of people I've spoken to, I think you are the only person I've ever found that knows it slash owns the game. The reason being is because I was in like an old must have been old blockbusters or something when I was maybe about like eleven or twelve, and I I was fumbling through the bargain bin, you know, like one pound, like the sale bin basically. And I remember just picking up this game, and it was just weird looking. Like it had like I think it was definitely like I knew it was Japanese, I could tell. And I was remember just looking at the back of it, and just being like, this looks so weird and Japanese. I'm gonna buy it, please. Um, so I bought it for like a pound, and I remember getting home and like turning it on. And it's, I can't even, it's really hard to describe like the premise of it. But yeah. So it's Japanese. Yeah. So the basic, sure. <laughs> the thing that happens is you, Um. so I remember what the story was. There was a story behind it. It was like, it's grandma, yeah. it's a, it follows a family of people. It's grandma's birthday and everyone's forgotten it's grandma's birthday. <laughs> so um, they go about the day and then they're trying to kind of rush home for grandma to give her her gifts and it basically follows each person's journey back to their home however these journeys are full of terrible things that seem to happen to them so the one i always remember is the dad who works in the office building yeah he was his was the first he was the first one yeah. so he the thing is the game is mostly based on stress which <laughs> i didn't really understand at the time because you know when you're younger stress isn't really a thing but it's like his first one starts off where he's like yeah he's like in the office and he's having to like you know go about his day and like i think like the first thing is they do like a work exercise like a uh you know they used to do like in that lot of japanese offices where they'd have breaks where they'd do like the dancing yeah it's like a dance um, or the break exercise. isn't it yeah and you have to get that right because if you don't get that right your head will basically like you have like a meter of like um stress almost and you get to the top of it and then like you know you, you lose game over because just you've got it wrong so much that you're just like nah you know you just go nuts so <laughs> please cut that out <laughs> um <laughs> so you just you get like stressed and like then it's the end of the the game yeah. basically so that's like game over and then you know like the building collapses and then you know like next minute you're like on a stretcher oh shit the stretcher's like left the ambulance oh you're on the motorway on a stretcher like all these bad things just happen to the whole family like throughout the game as they try to get back for grandma and it's just it's the most japanese thing i've ever come across but it's amazing and i am sad i didn't put in the list but i just yeah yeah it will come up and it will come up in another top five i'm sure oh god yeah it's it was such a funny game 
And yeah, just I always just remember that man's scream. It was like, you it! And that was like it. If any time he struggled, I I will try and find a clip and put it in. Um, because it was just <laughs> it was just great. Like this little noise anytime because you get chased by a wrecking ball that goes loose and stuff like this. Just the, like these yeah. loads of mini it was more like mini games. And um reading yeah. about it, it was like you can it was designed so you could pass the controller around like friends and stuff so you could each do like a bit part of the minigame and stuff and it does come across that way but uh it was like one of the funniest things just finding it and putting it in and just not knowing what was going to happen and then suddenly all these things just kick <laughs> off and you're like what what is this how is this how is this a thing i feel like i brought many things to your life but one of the best things i ever brought was definitely incredible crisis well you brought me the full game of incredible crisis i did have incredible crisis before you it was a demo yeah i had a demo of it that's how i knew about incredible crisis was i had a demo for ages i didn't know there was a demo of it yeah that's how i knew about it because i loved this demo and i could never find the game like since that and then you knew what you were the only person i ever met who knew what i was on about and you happened to have the full game of it 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 was uh, like that's just star-crossed lovers it's like modern age it is so we had to talk about Incredible Crisis, but uh, what are your other backups? Okay, so my backup, my my final backup. Actually, no, sorry, not my final backup. It's not. I got two, and I'm going to try and be quick, though, because we're getting on a bit here. But yeah. um was Rayman. I did not have Rayman. God's sake. I can't believe I didn't have Rayman. <laughs> we literally have had, like, nothing that's really preserved apart from prop. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, love a bit of Rayman. That was one of my favourite games, I think, from PlayStation 1, but not enough to make it to my list, unfortunately, because others just took its place. But yeah. I did love Rayman. It was a hard um, game. It, really difficult. Yeah. And quick fact for you as well, um, apparently the original, the reason why the original Rayman was so difficult was because the game was never playtested by anyone besides the development team. Um, yeah. So players considered the game to be unfairly difficult. They would never finish it, which I did find it very difficult. Don't know if I ever finished it, but I um, I actually do have on PS3, which I haven't played in a while. But Rayman was definitely a, a all time favorite. Yeah, it was great. Um, but what's your other one? Really surprised you didn't have that. I don't think you're going to have this one because this is a bit of a weird one. That only I think some people might know, but it was a demo, so you may well have played it. Um, and that was Hogs of War. Oh yeah, I loved Hogs of War. I didn't have it, but I almost um, put it in. Be- it was between Worlds and Armageddon and Hogs of War. But yeah. I went with Worms. Hogs of War. It was an incredibly underrated game, in my opinion, and I absolutely loved it. I don't know. It was very British. It was a very British game, but it was it was like worms, but they were pigs. Yeah, and it was 3D in, like, as well. like, World War One. Yeah, like, set in World War One, just pigs just basically killing each other. And the best part about Hogs of War was the fact that Rick Mayle voiced, voiced the pigs. Yes, and, I did. I forgot about that. Yeah, and the humour in it was just incredible. I mean, some may call it slightly offensive now humor because it was very like stereotypical it was stereotypical british as well to be fair but it was quite stereotypical of like countries and things but um you know it was very of that time and rick mail did amazing voice acting and it was just hilarious it was a lot like worms in that regard but yeah i do think it didn't it didn't get as much um love as it maybe deserved but it was it was a great game yeah it was a good one i do remember having a lot of fun again i don't think i played it until a little bit later than having a place in one but it was a great great yeah. game um also had great puns in it as well oh. such as the islands being known as Australasia and um south pacific ocean so. <laughs> oh, i love a good pun that yeah. is a good pun um also we're not gonna have any crossover because my two 
uh for mentions and i'll be quick about them uh one was a game called 40 winks i don't know if you ever played it and i almost put this as number five um it was just about two kids and you could play as the boy or the girl which was quite nice and it was kind of like a platformery type thing and you had to capture things called winks because um a guy called nightcap it was lots of like this kind of punning name which was great um kind of kidnapped you in a dream world and you kind of had to defeat all the hoodwinks and rescue the winks because they were creating bad dreams for everyone and it was fun it was just kind of like a little like collecting and puzzly kind of game and uh platforming um and you ended up you could transform into like a robot and ninjas and other things and i loved it it was a great game i played it so much um and i found out through my research my fact was going to be that um there was a kickstarter campaign started in february of this year for nice. um to remake it to put it on steam and to make the cancelled N64 version. But I think okay. the Kickstarter campaign has been delayed. So it's been funded, but it's now yeah. delayed again. So uh, I think, slightly sad I about think that. I, did, I think I played that game on a demo. Now I think about it. Now you've spoken about it. I think I did play the demo. Yeah, it was a great fun game. It was yeah. it was a good, another collecting. See, this was my thing. I didn't want to make everything like super platformy because my last backup was Gex number three. Which was, okay. I didn't know that you played Gex. I liked Gex. I played. I never played the full game, but I had the demos and I enjoyed the demos. Yeah, Gex was a great game. I think I owned two of them. I think my favorite one was the third game, and they were again just really nice little platformers of going through TVs and doing stuff. Um, but I didn't realize. So, looking up things about this game it was, um, it had a Playboy model in it, um, who was like Gex's girlfriend or whatever. And the game ends. Apparently I never completed this game as a kid because the game eggs with Gex and this uh Playboy model having sex. Is she a human? Yeah, she's a human. It's like a video version of so her it... and a thing. So clearly and I did not pay lizard. attention. Yeah, he's a he's a gecko. Wow. Yeah. Interspecies love. As we all know that I'm a big fan of. So <laughs> That's why you like it so much. <laughs> yeah, clearly that's where I get my love from Gareth from. <laughs> um you say you didn't say to the end but every night there was me <laughs> finishing gex just so i could watch the love scene i don't know how much of it you've seen actually to be fair like i don't know how much of it you watch or whether it's just an implied thing but all it what said was the game ends with gex turning off uh, a warning from like his mission people to have sex with his girlfriend so oh he probably like turns off and like she's like laying on a bed or something and it's obviously just implying it but no one really thought back then oh hey this is this is weird yeah i mean i'm gonna google it <laughs> later and find out how much into it it gets i'm sure you um, will but my app you, en- you enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> my actual fact for the game um the last fact of uh this uh episode i guess or these games was that gex Gex was role uh, was normally played by Dana Gold in like North America, but for Europe he was played by Danny John Jules, who is Cat from Red Dwarf. Yeah, yeah and it was oh, I amazing because I remember hearing this voice, and I think that's why I liked Gex so much was because I watched a lot of Red Dwarf as a kid. I loved it, like even though I didn't yeah. get half of the jokes uh, until being older, I still really enjoyed watching it. And um, yeah, I think I just heard the voice of Cat and went, "Yes, this is the video game for me." So yeah, that's amazing. I I don't see that. I really like that fact. That was a good one to finish on. Yeah, wonderful, awesome. Well, I think this has been relatively successful. Yeah, I think we've covered a lot of PlayStation One games, and I didn't think we were going to cover that many. I thought we were going to, you know, 
I I thought we were gonna end up having so many like duplicates. Like we were gonna have to just constantly just beetle yeah. our way through this. But we didn't, and that's cool because we've had a lot of variety, which is wonderful. But I still want to hear the sweet, soothing tones of Beetle's voice. Well, you can hear him. I will end the podcast on Beetle for you after I've done all the stupid bump that I probably should do. Um, and that is, if you um, have been listened all the way to the end and you've enjoyed the podcast, you can follow us and find out more stuff um, on our Twitter, which is at Game Till 5. I think Instagram and all of those good things and you can find the podcast more episodes on itunes and stitcher if you're not already listening on there nikki has a cosplay instagram what is your cosplay instagram and twitter nikki uh so my cosplay instagram and my twitter is just elite cat so definitely give me a follow on there yeah there's lots of really cool cosplay stuff that nikki does and if more stuff you can find uh about our brother sister father mother show uh, got till five is on got till five.com forward slash game till five to find us no forward slash if you just want to see the wrestling podcast i successfully did some uh bump so i'm happy with that nikki are you happy with that amazing yes i'm just waiting for beetle to play us out all right then well i'll say good night then and uh beetle can play us off <laughs> good night oh thank you <laughs> oh my god i love him <laughs>